0: Hello and welcome to the Library Cafe, a weekly program of table talk about research and the formation and circulation of knowledge. I'm Thomas Hill. I'm very pleased to have back on the program again today Patricia Fagan. Philip and Lynn Strauss, Curator of Prints and Drawings at the Francis Lehman Loeb Arts Center here at Vassar College. Patty and I are talking in her office, and we're going to be talking about her exhibition downstairs in the Francis Lehman Loeb Arts Center, which is on view through December 9th. Uh, The name of that exhibition is Pastime, Geology in European and American Art. Hello, Patty.
1: Hi, Tom. Thanks again so much. Oh,
0: yeah. So, anyway, this is an exhibition you assembled yourself here at Vassar, and it includes material from our collections, but also other places, yes?
1: Right, yeah. It is an exhibition that I organized. And it really did start with materials from the Loeb's collection, mm-hmm. and I think there are about nine or ten, I believe, works of art from the Loeb collection that are in the exhibition. Then, of course, I had to have you know many more works oh, yes, in the yeah. in the show, and so I uh, was able to borrow from numerous institutions, uh, museums, and historical societies um, here in the northeast,
0: Uh yeah. So it comes with this really beautiful illustrated catalog you have available downstairs at the kiosk which you edited yourself and you wrote much of the text for. And, of course, you planned and assembled the exhibit yourself. So I thought our listeners might be interested in what goes into an exhibition like this uh, in terms of time and the labor behind the scenes. So can you give our listeners some idea of the time that it takes to put an exhibition like this together, you know, Maybe say from the time you're thinking about the exhibit and exploring the idea of having the exhibit right to the opening reception.
1: Okay, I was going through some papers not too long ago and I saw that, oh, it has been about six years Uh since, yeah, since I first got the idea for the show. Six years. Yeah, 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 six years. The Rowlandson exhibition took about nine or ten years. Okay. So this was a short is, period of time. Yeah, yeah. So this is
0: this is like a scholar preparing a monograph on a subject in a exactly. way you know some sort of timeline. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: And then a lot of work goes into it of course also. I mean probably, Oh, yeah. oh,
1: oh oh my gosh, there was so much to do in yeah. terms of looking at collections databases and having my students find all of these geological works and prints yeah. and watercolors yeah. and drawings and wall sketches and yeah. paintings and at home I have albums of images uh-huh. From all the continents yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> so, that you
0: assemble for the exhibit. Yes, uh, so, yes, so you yeah, do sort yes, of mock ups did. in a way. Uh, yes. uh, yeah. And when I come into your office, oftentimes you have images stuck all over the place that that, that are going to be true. in a the exhibit. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And of course, you're always working. You work at home, you work at work. <laughs> you know, yes, you're know, you yes. never not working. Well, it um, seems that way. <laughs> it seems that way, yeah. So it's a lot of preparation and behind the scenes for you, just as the curator. Uh, because this is one of those instances where. We're not borrowing a show. You're doing the work in-house. Right. Although you right. are lending the show out after it's yes, finished. Yes, it's,
1: actually, yeah. it is going to Cornell, uh-huh. to the Johnson Museum of uh-huh. Art at Cornell.
0: Uh, lucky them. So. Yeah,
1: it will be there from... February sixteenth to May the
0: twelfth. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, great. So it has a lot of life beyond. Well, it know, does, all that, all that. and
1: and plus the catalog, yeah. you know, has a long life. So
0: yeah, well, that's true. I've uh, <laughs> as an art librarian, I often say that so much art history these days gets done for catalogs, really solid art history, where people are talking about specific works of art. Uh, in specific ways and then relating it to some wider context. That takes place less and less in monographs and more and more in exhibition catalogs, actually, mm-hmm. that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so yeah. then when you put on an exhibition, I suppose, part of the object, part of the motive is, you know, you want to show these works to the public. But you also want to document them, and the catalog is really an important part of that.
1: Oh, right, yeah. No, the catalog is the record of the exhibition, and also the curators' and contributors' thoughts. Uh So the catalog just forms this very neat compendium, Uh you know, of documentation and ideas. Uh Yeah. And
0: there's a lot of documentation. Art literature tends to be like reference literature. You know, right, lots of information, and you've got a big section of the catalog, which is essentially a catalog of the material in the in the exhibit, apart from your essays and that
1: kind right. of Right. Yes, yeah. that, that is very true.
0: And then, happily, you don't do everything yourself. There are other people that help out, yes? Uh, oh, hit, hit very much so. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From yeah. the director down, I would guess. Oh, uh, yeah. oh,
1: yes. Yeah. Well, James Mundy, our director, supported me very much with the idea for the exhibition. and. I'm eternally grateful uh-huh. for that. Yeah. So, And then also I had an army of students, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> real troopers. Yeah, a great yeah. learning opportunity. Uh, well, well, a great learning opportunity, true, you know, to see how a curator or this curator, yeah. you know, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and two they were able to refine I think their research skills uh-huh. and you know very very helpful for them and their research and also their new ideas uh-huh. were very very helpful. Mm-hmm. Also I had a consultant in geology on campus Jill, Jill mm-hmm, Schneider, Schneider- and, mm-hmm, you know who of the earth science department. One of
0: the essays yeah, uh, yeah. on uh, geology and art. Yeah,
1: yeah. and um I had colleagues who read my essay, like Jill did, and then also the speaker that we had at the opening, Rebecca Mm -hmm, Bedell, Linda Ferber, Brian Lukasier was one of the readers, and also he was a great consultant, really throughout my thinking on the exhibition, and then curators also. At all of the loan institutions, Uh you know, they were Uh extremely helpful.
0: So there's a lot of correspondence, a lot of business that has to take place when you're borrowing a work of art. Right? Really, it's not just you call somebody on the phone and say, "Can I have your Turner?" It's not that (laughs) easy, right? So
1: yes, yes, no, no. You you really do have to cultivate Uh um, and uh, court. Yes,
0: court. Really, really. uh, I mean, it's
1: like courting. Yeah, it's you, and
0: it's the institution also, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you have to make a case that you can protect the work while it's here. Yes, and, um, yes, yeah. yes.
1: And, and, and you have to make a case for the significance yeah. of the exhibition idea. Well, that's that's that kind interesting. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, why loan the work? Where people aren't going to see it in my institution, if nobody's going to see it in the institution I'm lending it to, and
1: right. and it's
0: and you know it's not illuminating anybody or anything. So, right. yeah. And then of course you know all the other people behind the scenes, there are people that hang the show. You know, oh my gosh! So there's the design of, of the show. It's important. So it's a design job apart from other things. Yes. Yeah, so, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Well. I actually did the design, uh and and then the preparation staff here was Mm -hmm. really terrific with this. That was Bruce Bundock, who's the head preparator, Mm -hmm. and then there is also Eleanor White, who's in the registrar's office. She is also the assistant collections manager, too. Uh She worked a lot, Uh you know, also on on the installation, Uh Yeah, so doing the installation was really a team effort, Uh you know, with me, with them, also with all the students who helped as well. Yes, students have been uh, really essential throughout, you know, the whole project.
0: And then, of course, on preparation, you have to prepare the exhibit, but you you also prepare... The advertising for the exhibit. Right? Oh my goodness, so, there, yes, I mean, that's very true. Part of the exhibit is a big blow-up of one of the works right. in the show right. that, that you use sort of a mainstay, but you've got a banner outside, and, right. uh, and also right, there's right. all that publicity, which takes an effort, right? Right, so, yeah.
1: oh yes, uh, yeah, there, there is the Office of Communications, uh-huh. and the curator goes to that office about, you know, about three or four months before an exhibition opens, uh-huh. And that's what happened in this case, too. And so I went over and spoke to, you know, just numerous people, key people in Mm -hmm. the Office of Communications. And so I needed to discuss, like, the points, uh, you Uh know, behind the exhibition. Yeah, there would
0: have to be press releases. Oh, yes, yeah.
1: And so we had a press release that was done and then I chose the signature image of the exhibition which turned out to be uh, the Isaac Weld view of Mount Vesuvius. Yeah, there are just so many things that need to be done and Charlie Moscow and George Laws were really essential yeah. in doing all of the graphic design. Uh, design so that was show, really yeah. terrific. Yeah, yeah, yes,
0: and So it takes art to show art. Away.
1: Yes, so, yes, yeah. right, yeah. And
0: then, of course, it also takes money, right? You have to have funding. People wonder, well, what does the director of the museum do? I'm sure he, he, sees, <laughs> he sees dollar signs for every piece of the exhibit here. Right, so.
1: yes, we did. We were very happy to get support from the Art Dealers Association of mm-hmm. America Foundation. Uh and then here at the museum there was support from the Evelyn Metzger Exhibition Fund and then also for the catalog we did receive generous support Uh from the Lucy Maynard Salmon Research Fund, Uh uh, which was awarded by the research committee here at Vassar. Uh I hear that there is supposed to be a a large article in, I believe it's the American Art Review, which comes out this month in November, Uh so that will be nice to see.
0: Any interest from the geology world at this point?
1: Oh, well, well, actually, we've had numerous, numerous classes from Earth Science Uh Department Uh here, it's been just great from of course Jill Schneiderman's classes and Jeff Walker's Uh and two actually there have been classes from other of the science areas here at the college as well as art history and Uh Brian Lucasier is also doing a wonderful seminar so, yeah. that's around the exhibition. Yeah, it's, and, you yeah, know, that, it's called
0: Deep Time. Yes, yeah, yes, so, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So that, I think that's wonderful. Yeah.
0: So you have all kinds of types of works of art in the exhibit, right, including quite a few sketchbooks. And I wonder if you could talk about those, the kind of different types of objects. You also have geological specimens in the exhibit, so it's not just paintings right. and drawings.
1: No, we do have sketchbooks. Uh-huh. We have two sketchbooks by Sanford Gifford, uh-huh. And one sketchbook by McEntee, who mm-hmm. was Frederick Church's student, uh-huh. Jervis McEntee. And they, both Gifford and McEntee, were, corsets and Hudson River School painters, yeah. and those... Sketchbooks are in our collection. In our own collection. Here, I was kind of, yeah. quite
0: amazed to see that that they didn't come from a whole house or something. <laughs> like, you know, so, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Right. So those sketchbooks, it's just wonderful to have them here uh-huh. to complement our Hudson River School paintings that we have in the collection. Mm-hmm. But also, we have on view a beautiful and rather unusual watercolor by John Singer Sargent Uh from a sketchbook. Uh And that sheet was separated. All of the sheets Uh in that sketchbook were separated Uh and then individually matted. Uh But we do have this very unusual quite interesting watercolor by him from that sketchbook that shows a part of a glacier Mm -hmm. in the Swiss Alps that he drew when Uh he was about 14 years old. So it's really quite interesting.
0: Yeah, it is. And, of course, the only sergeants we ever see are portraits. I know, 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 I know.
1: And there are also, of course, watercolors and drawings and oil studies, Uh several oil studies, small oil studies by Frederick Church. And we do have four specimens, natural specimens, from church's own rock collection. Oh, really?
0: Oh, yes. interesting. Yeah. That is interesting.
1: Very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And one of those objects is some red sandstone uh-huh. from Petra, uh-huh. which is now in Jordan. Yes, yeah. Back in the 1860s, I think in 1868, he went and made a side trip to Petra, uh-huh. this rock city, yes, yeah. and he made numerous oil sketches and drawings. And so we have this uh, very small specimen of sandstone that he collected there, uh-huh. and installed just up above and to the left of it is a small oil sketch of a Petra on the wall at Petra, uh-huh. and, th- and that beautiful little oil sketches from the Cooper Hewitt Museum.
0: Aww. Yeah. So there's a lot of variety in the exhibits. So oh yeah. yes,
1: yeah. And we also do have several specimens too from the Warthon Geology Museum here on campus, Uh you know, it's really, really very, very great resource. They add a
0: lot to the exhibit, the scientific specimens in a way, mixing them in, uh, and um, they're wonderful color images of the rocks in the catalog they are really striking. I mean, you know, it reminds me of one of the artist books that I have down in the art library uh, by Scandinavian artists about stones, basically, as one little stone per page. Rocks are very photogenic, strange to say, aren't they? They are. so it came yeah. up nicely so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. they are.
0: Uh, your initial conception for the exhibit, was there anything that motivated you? Was it the science center that we were building that that had you thinking about science?
1: No, actually, the exhibition idea came about with my doing some research on one of our drawings by John Ruskin. Uh, and yeah. That is this really lovely drawing that was part of the core collection here at mm-hmm. Vassar Church uh, oh, of yes, the Annunciation yeah, yeah, yeah. at Vico Quince on the Bay yeah, of Naples. Yeah. Yeah, so this was drawn by a very young John Ruskin in 1841 when he was on a grand tour with his parents. And I mm. believe he was still a student at yeah. Oxford mm-hmm. at this time. But here you have this huge, very high, rugged cliff. Yeah, yeah and on top of that cliff is this church that he has drawn very, very, very carefully. Mm. And the cliff overlooks the Bay of Naples, mm. and rising above the bay and the horizon is this smoking Mount Vesuvius. Wow. And so I had very early on wanted to do an exhibition, actually, on Ruskin's trip, his eighteen 18- 41, 42, I think, or, you know, his, his grand tour trip with his parents and all the drawings that he had done then during that one particular trip for an exhibition. Mm-hmm. And so I went ahead and located several of the drawings and then I did some research at the Ruskin Center in Great Britain and I saw that actually that idea had already been done in an exhibition So I was not able to do that, and so then I started thinking, I'll just go back and look at Ruskin's diary and read what he had to say about his time in 1841 in this region and i saw that yes he he did actually talk about this scene in his diary uh yeah 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 but the thing that stuck in my mind is he was in a coach with his parents and they were driving by this huge cliff you know with this beautiful church on top and so what he wrote was wow look at the cliff look at the tufa and uh, so I uh-uh. said, you know, to myself... What's a tufa? What's a tufa? Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. And so then I found out that tufa was the local Italian term there for tuff, uh-huh. which is a volcanic rock. Oh,
0: I see. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And so what you see here on the cliff is a cliff made of tuff, which would have been the rock that would have come all the materials, volcanic materials, that would have come from an eruption here mm-hmm. yeah. by oh, Mount Vesuvius. Oh, oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so what I did then was to keep reading about Ruskin, and I found out that he was an amateur geologist. Oh, interesting. He became a member of the Geological Society oh. of London. Uh-huh. He had started a rock, a rock collection when he was... A boy. Yeah, he was him fabulously him yeah, yeah. interested yeah. Yeah. in geology. Stone, so. Yeah, and so I just wondered well who else was interested, and then I started finding out there was some art historical scholarship uh, on this already yeah. with Rebecca Bedell and several other people, and so then what I decided to focus on were these sketchbook drawings and drawings and watercolors that had been made, most of them on site, you know, mm-hmm. just right in front of a feature and so that's what the exhibition is about. Yeah,
0: great. So, the interesting thing about the exhibit then, I think, is the way that science and art intersect in this period and of course it's a concern of ours you know in the present time now as students are all migrating into STEM classes out of the arts you know art history is worried about getting majors to be honest but interestingly in this period they are merged in a a way Mm -hmm. the way we try to merge those studies in a liberal arts education in the minds of artists and the minds of scientists also art plays a big part in the development of the science of geology which takes off in the 19th century doesn't it? The
1: intersection Of art and science does go back. In the early 19th century, science wasn't as specialized as it became in the 20th century. And so it was very accessible. Mm. The words, the vocabulary, yeah. were all very accessible to the general reader. Uh-huh. And the artist was part of that general readership. Yeah, yeah. And scientists yeah.
0: tend to be amateurs then also, Yes. Right? yes yeah.
1: So those geological texts were read by artists. Uh-huh. Like Turner owned copies of the Journal of the Geological Society of uh-huh. London, uh-huh. for instance. Yeah. But the articles were written in this really very highly readable style. And uh, when I was at the Geological Society a couple of summers ago, Uh I read through the early issues of that journal Uh and, and, you know, found the articles... Quite interesting. It it
0: quite accessible. That's quite, interesting. very yeah. accessible. Because things are changing dramatically in these years. I mean, we're going from a theological view to modern science, basically. And then, of course, it, it makes sense to the landscape painters, and people interested in the landscape would be interested in uh, geology and in topographical drawing. I mean, it serves the ends of art, in a sense. Geology serves the ends of art, but art serves the ends of geology, I suppose, here also.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, the topographical style of drawing which was a way of drawing that really described the landscape in a kind of conventional way, Mm -hmm. through line. And so that topographical style was taught in naval academies, and it was taught to map makers, Uh to surveyors, and to other trades. Uh And it was, you know, just really quite well-known. And so you had schools of topographical artists who went out and made... Drawings that would be translated into prints for travel publications, or for antiquarian books, yeah. for instance. Yeah.
0: a lot of John Britton's publications oh, yes. John were, Britton. were, were yes, topi- of topographical works, weren't they? Yes, yeah,
1: right, right, right.
0: Who's, who forms the foundation of our collection, going back to Matthew Passer? And uh, yes, of yeah. course. Yeah.
1: And you had scientists like chemist Humphrey Davy, mm-hmm. the Royal Institution in London, and also uh, geologist John McCulloch and Humboldt, uh-huh. uh, too, in his travel journals, all use this... Linear style of drawing the land mm. as it appeared, yet in a kind of conventionalized approach mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yeah. So downstairs in, in the art library, I have a small accompanying exhibit of books and artist's books that illustrate geological ideas. and I wanted to do something to sort of tie in with your exhibit here. And we borrowed <laughs> some of the material, especially the older books, from Jill Schneiderman, our geologist. She has a personal collection of rare geology. Trafices. Oh,
1: right. Yes. So
0: in there we have a treatise by Thomas Burnett, which is open to a page illustrating his theory of the formation of the great land masses in the biblical flood. And the image shows Noah's Ark being balanced on Mount Ararat by two angels. Right. This then is a book that ascribes to a geological idea that's called catastrophism, that cataclysmic occurrences basically are the forces that Mm -hmm. shape the earth. And then we also have a work by George Cuvier, who is also a cataclysmist, but he's interested in develops a series of stratigraphy where He starts looking at fossil evidence in the earth, and then he realizes he can date the uh, sediments that he's looking at by the fossils that are in them, and then he can date the fossils by the sediments also to some extent. Right, right. So the question is, are there works of art in this show, in the Loeb Center, that show an interest in this period of early theory? I mean, even going back to uh, Burnett and uh, the flood, but certainly there is evidence of interest in volcanism, right? Because it was volcanoes and floods that this uh, notion of catastrophism sort of develops out of yes mm-hmm. I mean there are things that we can see Mm -hmm. Where the earth earth is changing, that people speculated that this is how all the land formations occurred.
1: Well, I wish that I could have found for loan some works by John Martin, for Uh, instance, uh or Thomas Cole, or, you know, Turner that had to do with the theme of the deluge, Uh you know, the the Great Flood. But I kind of restricted myself only to the Northeast. Uh-huh. Just for frankly financial reasons, yeah, yeah. you know, because an exhibition like this costs yeah, yeah, so much. You yeah, don't it, yeah, work for the Met, so. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, funny. exactly. But I certainly would have loved to have a Martin, a Cole, or a Turner that would have addressed that issue. Yeah.
0: But a lot of your artists are interested in volcanoes, and uh, yes, that's uh, very true.
1: Yes, actually, we do have the Isaac Weld watercolor, which is the you know the signature Uh, image uh, here on the cover of the catalog, also the banner, also you know the title wall in the exhibition. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that is a very small but powerful watercolor, and it shows this erupting Mount Vesuvius with. of ash clouds pummeling upwards and lava flowing in orange right along the ribs here of the outside Mm -hmm. of the volcano so yeah we have that Isaac well watercolor there is also this really stunning oil study by Albert Bierstadt Yeah, of a shooting, erupting geyser at Yellowstone that he painted just a few years after Yellowstone became a national park. Mm -hmm. And Bierstadt was extremely interested in geology, just like so many artists in the exhibition were. Mm -hmm. But this appears almost lifelike, such a mirror-like image. Yeah.
0: Yeah, interesting that artists are so interested in geology and you know I'm thinking here of Heidegger's essay on on the origin of the work of art where he situates the origin of art in what he calls essentially the secret earth. That's in a Saint Vincent word, where something is being revealed out of nothing, in a sense, you know, uh-huh. in, in the earth, it's it's interesting the way artists are so interested in the earth and its changes as a sort of basic primordial phenomenon.
1: Well, this interest in geology from like the late eighteenth century throughout the nineteenth century really did coincide, though, with this great development of landscape, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. from the late eighteenth yes, century yeah, yeah. and yeah. throughout the nineteenth yeah. century, um, you know. In the 19th century in the US, there's a Hudson River School, but then the Hudson River School also, you know, really developed from these European precedents yeah, as yeah. well, with Richard Wilson yeah. and Turner and so many other, and yeah, John Martin and yeah, so many sure. other artists. And you have
0: Hudson River School artists like Church going out into the world and bringing it all together in a way, Right, you know, he's, he's well, exactly. Treks into South and Central America. Yes, into and the being Alps
1: very and inspired yeah. by Humboldt saying, yeah, Artists oh. go out, oh. you know, <laughs> make. Yes. make yeah. Color sketches that yeah. you can use as a storehouse uh, for your yeah. your works that you do in the winter time, uh, you know that uh, kind uh, of thing. Yeah.
0: So how do you have the exhibition organized, the exhibition and the the catalog? Because usually your exhibits do have a kind of beginning, middle, and end, although this is organized a little bit differently. It's not organized chronologically particularly, is it?
1: No. I did a few years ago. The way that I had organized it was to organize it by countries. And Uh I thought, well, you know, this is a show about geology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not (laughs) not geography, so yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so I thought... well, I, I'm just going to put all of these images. You know, huge number of very bold um, mm. images of different geological formations out on the floor and on tables, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to look at them, uh-huh. you know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the way my mind works. Yes,
0: yeah, it, <laughs> it seems a nice way to organize an exhibit, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. Matching and sorting. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And so, and so I look and I just um, start sorting, yeah. you know, uh-huh. sorting yeah. is, is a very good word. And so then I see that these artists really were drawn to Mm. certain areas, and so I went ahead and organized the exhibition and the catalog according to those areas that that they were drawn to. Uh And so the first area is caves and natural arches. Uh Yeah, caves are really... Prime source where fossils were, and yes, so yeah. much yeah. of the early, early geological yeah. research was, you know, done in caves. Yeah. And yeah. natural arches have always yeah. been fascinating for artists. Yeah, you have
0: a wonderful sketch of a cave here that you could get in a car and go to and students could oh, see. Oh, right. You know, yeah. what it's called, but it's the
1: yeah. uh, Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, that it's the, uh, that is the Dover Stone Church. Dover Stone Church. Yeah. So this is on this
0: side of the river, not the other side of the river. Yeah, yes. Yes. It's Dover so Plains, the Dover it's Plains, Plains here, and that
1: this, is. Is a drawing by Asher B. Duran that yes. we got oh, from the right. New York Durand, Historical Durand. Society. Yes, yes. Yep, so was, yep. Yep. Yeah, he's but, yeah, Hudson yeah. River School, right? Yeah. And there's that. And then, of course, I saw uh, during uh, the researches, just so many drawings and watercolors and oil studies of rocks. Rocks. Oh, You yes. know, oh, just, yeah, rocks. just rocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. and yeah. so the rock section of the exhibition is one of the uh, largest, and uh-huh. also this is where all the rocks and fossil specimens so, are right. in, the, in, cases, a, yeah, yeah. in yeah. the cases yeah in the cases and then the third section was the uh, mountains yeah. and volcanoes and glaciers uh-huh and that is one of the most beautiful sections yes, it of is. the exhibition I really
0: like all the glacier work I know. Uh, you know, it, it makes for wonderful. wonderful landscape painting doesn't it? I, when, absolutely. You know, winter it's yeah.
1: yes, beautiful and then the very last section of the show and the catalog has to do with cliffs uh-huh. and so there are just numerous yeah. examples of those
0: yeah, so one of the nice things that the show does it, it makes the earth seem whole in a way again you know? I know. And, you yeah. know because it erases geography in a way uh, well, when you look does. at When you look at geology, it, it doesn't yeah. adhere to national borders. And it doesn't adhere itself to a timeline. I mean, many of the images are primordial scenes, and there's an investigation of the primordial past on the part of a lot of these artists. Mm-hmm. However, you know, all time is in one place here in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, the past is present in a lot of these, uh, oh, right. the deep past.
1: Yeah,
0: so, yeah. Um, I think that's a very good point. So it has a nice kind of, there's a wholeness about it. You feel good about the world when you walk out of it, uh, you know. Oh, uh, that's... So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I hadn't so, thought yeah. of it but that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. great. So do you have any favorite works? I mean, so many of the works in the show are just spectacular, like the geological scenes that they depict, you know, the geysers, the, the volcanoes, the glaciers. But it's not just the events that are that are stunning. Some of the works of art are really just stunning. So do you have any mm. favorites yourself?
1: Um, well, I would say that the Albert Bierstadt uh-huh. oil study I of the tell, geyser at yes. Yellowstone. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that is one of my favorite. Yeah. And I am just uh, very happy that we were able to borrow that Uh from the MFA in Boston. Uh Also, the church oil studies are all quite exceptional. I'm very partial to the scene of the lake in the Bavarian Alps. That scene uh with that jade-like, beautiful green jade-like lake, Uh and then the Alps rising up, you know, like... You know these huge hills of granite. You know, just right above the lake, and and that's from the Cooper Hewitt. Yeah,
0: Yeah, one thing I, I did mention. Maybe I should mention it. I said it before when we've talked about your shows there's a lot of color in your shows there always is you, yeah, you know i can, I can about, tell, tell the way you talk about the jay green the frankenthaler show the japanese show you know i can go back and back to right. your shows some of them are, are print shows and you don't expect a lot of color but you always find areas in the print world where there's a lot of colors so right yeah so this is very colorful too in an interesting right. way there's a lot of right. color in the show so oh, yeah.
1: right sure well I, I, I as i think you know i started off as a, as an art major. Uh-huh. So and, uh, a studio <laughs> art major, yes. So, okay. A studio, yeah, okay. yes, a studio so, art major, painting and drawing, yeah, so, so. so the, the eye is very visual.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, so I often ask this question to my guests, can you talk about how and where you did your research just briefly for the catalog? Uh, oh, I mean, sure. any favorite Libraries or collections, and did you travel for it?
1: Oh, sure, yeah. yes. Well, of course, the Vassar Library was uh-huh. very helpful, yeah. and interlibrary loan was extremely helpful. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. And I also went to numerous collections to look at works, mm-hmm. to the Met, the Morgan, Cooper Hewitt, Yale Center for British Art, Princeton, Olana. Those are just some. Then yeah. I also went to London and mm-hmm. spent a good deal of time at the Geological Society of London, mm-hmm. uh-huh. looking through geologists' field books. Uh-huh. You uh-huh. know, uh-huh. since I also wanted to have some of those in the exhibition uh-huh. too, yeah. but. Uh, you know, just wasn't able to. Yeah. But I learned quite a bit from the Geological Society of London. I also went to the Royal Institution to see those field oh, books mm-hmm. by Humphrey Davy. Oh, uh-huh. You know, so, um, yeah, so we also did so much research with the collections databases online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a huge amount of
0: research. Yeah. So any favorite places or experiences in this? I mean, do you have yeah. any, any
1: yeah, well, my favorite experiences actually would be in London mm-hmm. at the Geological Society. Yeah, it and must have you a feel at,
0: for the 19th century to be in those old Oh, my old, gosh, old oh, my gosh, institutions. it really yes, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, and the Royal Institution, too. Oh. Yeah, you know, just looking through the Humphrey Davy yeah. field books with all of these spontaneous drawings, yeah. you know, topographical drawings of all of these geological features and, and his trips to Ireland oh, wow. and to see this, that, yeah, and the other wow. was quite interesting. It really was. Yeah.
0: So did they stop and have tea at 4 o'clock? We used to do that at the E.L. St. Rubinish Arts. They didn't actually, a tea at no. Four, so, yeah. so finally, you know, you've given us some idea of what goes into an exhibition like this. So the question is, you must be working on at least one exhibition now. So what's next? Yes, um,
1: yeah. actually, I'm... Working on an exhibition with Mary Kay Lombino and Elizabeth Negrady here at the Art Center Mm -hmm. on an era of opportunity, three decades of acquisitions. And that's an exhibition that is slated for April through early September Mm -hmm. 2019. And that has to do with gathering some of the masterworks in painting Mm -hmm. and Drawings mm. and photography and sculpture that were acquired during James Mundy's oh, 28 I see. year oh, tenure. Oh, oh. yeah. Nice celebratory exhibition. Yes, then, yes, be, yes, yes. Actually, bit, yeah. since he's He's retiring, he's retiring at in June, the, yes, yeah. In, yeah, in June 2019. And so, yeah, so I am. Working on that mm-hmm. as we speak. Yeah, of course,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, and um, just to mention again, the catalog. You know, I really do want to commend and congratulate you on this catalog once more. Thank, uh, you. Thank know, it's you. not only just beautiful and uh, sumptuously illustrated, but uh, both you and Jill Schneiderman have wonderful essays in it. Uh, thank I can you. tell you, spent a lot of time on that essay. I did. <laughs> and it's a great, it's a great little essay. Thank you. And uh, your catalog entries are always extensive and very erudite, thank and you. Uh, you always have extensive notes and references in your catalogues, of course, and of course uh, the, the catalog is indexed, not all exhibition catalogues are, with, with an extensive bibliography, which should make it useful, I think, as a tool for curators and other scholars who might delve into this area sometime in the future. So.
1: Thank you so much, Tom.
0: Yeah, sure. So uh, I'd like to thank you for visiting with us on the Library Cafe to talk about your exhibition. Pastime Geology in European and American Art on view here at the Francis Lehman Mobile Arts Center through December
1: 9th. That's true. Thank you so much, Tom.
0: Sure.